This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. And we are ending this bracket and badly singing too. Yeah, these wonders have one hit. Enjoy these groovy tunes. And so let's rank that funky music, Bacon Sale. Rank that funky music, right? Rank that funky music, Bacon Sale. Share facts and show bias and rank that funky music till there's one. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! 70s! (laughs) Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. And we'd like to thank you for listening to the first part of this bracket, our 70s one-hit wonder bracket. We've only just begun. Uh, Is that 70s? That's that's probably not a one-hit wonder. I think it was a really fun show. Uh, Many have called it a tier one show. I mean, I'm willing to pat ourselves on the back and say that I think it was, but... Reverse listener over on Twitter said, um, yeah, I think Bacon Seal needs to release a full version of their In the Summertime cover, including all of the <laughs> sounds and the nose flute. Although if you notice on that, when we sang our song, I said In the Weather Time. I don't know why. Uh, you know, remix, Joel. That. It's yeah, fine. It's so good. It's now it's an original we song. We changed it. Yeah. In the weather time when the summer is weather. <laughs> why? Why are there guns? Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of why, we're now... Multiple weeks into the cilantro debacle. Oh God! Your fault, media. Joel. It's not my fault. Kind of so your I fault. Did, I didn't bring it up. I brought it up, but then you carried it on. Hmm. Multiple listener, Drew Kimball, tier one intro. Thank you. Cilantro, not even tier three. What? What? Yeah. I'm with Joel on this one. It can taste a single leaf in addition. It ruins it. Nasty soap flavor. What? Mm. Why? Because uh, the seventies was a big time for herbs. Well, <laughs> cilantro. <laughs> Rachel well Gray, Rachel Gray Crump. Also, weighing in on the cilantro debate, saying it's the worst. She goes on to talk about Yacht Rock, which is pretty cool, uh, and then says, we'd come to a Bacon Cell Band concert. So, How much would we need to practice, or would this be unplanned? Like, would someone name a song, and, <laughs> and then we just, we just start, start performing it? Oh, please, yeah. no. I am so down for that. Oh. She also says, you guys singing every song is tier one, even if you're singing a tier three song. Yeah. Aww, that, that, to me, that, that is That's a true sign of respect. That's warming. And then most importantly, finally, I just have to shout out Renee Hilton, who says, it was fun listening to it. My era. Yep. She yeah. was one of, the, one of the consultants for this show. Your mom yes, was a consultant. Was. And so she's uh, the best. I'm glad that she wasn't offended by our choices because we did go against some of her things she said. Oh, and guess what? We're about to kill some darlings tonight. We have yeah. to. That's the she, thing. She liked last time because we got rid of the cannon fodder. But tonight there's going to be some, there's some tough choices. And like we said, it's our bracket. You can find it at BaconCell.com. You can also find our Spotify playlist there where you can get to know these songs. And yeah, because if you don't know them, there's some, there's some gems in here. Yeah. There's and some that I have discovered through this and really enjoy. But we, we rank these based on the presence in the 70s. And even if they've had staying power today, that's 33%. Performance is 33%. And personal taste is 34%. There's science and math in this. Uh-huh. We, Bacon math. Yeah. Although this this the second Bacon round math always, is very fuzzy. I, I I always love how the second round how we just start contradicting ourselves every other. Oh, round. it's all personal we, preference. Yeah. We <laughs> are and terrible. It's because at this. we want to make an argument against a particular song, and then we realize when we get to the next song, we're like, oh crap! I made this argument before. Now I got to backtrack. Bacon sale is an argument of convenience every time. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. But that's what we're talking about today, right, Zach? <laughs> that's exactly, exactly what we're talking yeah. about today. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dang, the thing we do doesn't work. Uh, so we're getting oh. down to number one, and I want to ask you guys, having now listened to the entire playlist, having looked at the bracket, mm-hmm. do you guys have personal favorites? Do you know who will win? Because I, I sure don't. I will say this. I have songs that I think in my mind I really like, and then actually sitting down and listening to the whole song, I'm like, ooh, maybe not. Because there's some of these that I go, this is super fun. Well, I really like it. 
There are these most successful songs on here, but are they our favorites? I don't know. And I have favorites, but I don't know who's going to win. There's no clear winner here. Are you going to be upset one way or another? There will be. I'm sure I will be. Going into usually me. Going Ah. into these, there's always a decent idea. This is maybe the most. uh, ambivalent open. yet <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess i feel a little detached from it because it wasn't my era but yeah i know songs that sound tacky and ones that sound quality for me it was yeah. the, the 2000s one hit wonders was a little bit like i don't know whatever which is funny because that was my era yeah. yeah but this one i'm like i would be really satisfied really stacy's mom your heart wasn't in it okay but did it win no we were dumb i don't know what we did bad day come on yeah uh but I think there's a lot of these that if they win, I will be satisfied. Okay. So let's do this. <sighs> Print off your brackets at com and join us for this advanced, the advanced bracket and join us for this final round of the 70s One Hit Wonder show. Once again, just because we're on that kick lately too, along with cilantro, baconsale.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> first up for our first matchup, we have Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Oh, ho, ho. That hasn't aged great still. Versus Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. We, we had, had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. sun. Guys, you got a key change. Did you, have you recognized this song key changes like four times? It does. We had it's joy, exciting. we had fun. There we go. There I like we go. It. I like it. I wish I could remember the rest of the lyrics though. It's like, uh, goodbye, goodbye, England's Rose. Goodbye. No, I found it. Okay, so jumping into both of these, like I said, I don't have a clear winner but I'm on, one you, i definitely think is gonna win this one yeah come on you contemporary adult yeah <laughs> nice so kung fu fighting sold over 11 million records seasons in the sun was number one in 12 countries including the u.s so both huge hits yeah and kung fu fighting carl douglas is actually a jamaican vocalist who was raised in the united kingdom for some reason i thought this was an american song right because uh, it just felt that kind of you know kitschy thing and it's based on the uh because it felt a little racist is that well, why <laughs> it, apparently there, there, there's something called the chop sake film craze mm-hmm. which was like when a bunch of these uh, martial arts films came out corny cheesy kind of a totally. spaghetti western type thing yeah. and this was capitalizing on that craze sure one so, of them's more fun is it kung fu fighting i think you can't so. just throw statements out yeah. like that I and think, have I think let's kung just fu- get into this we got I a lot of these to go through kung fu fighting is more fun well i do feel like I, I didn't know seasons in the sun at all until this bracket i like it it is kind of sleepy john denver it is it's but it's it's, it's sweet it's it's a very sweet song well but it's we based on i was going to say that it's based on this french song uh seasons in the sun is based on this french song les morbones mm-hmm. by a, a belgian singer called jacques brel thank you i'm doing these names now yeah, well played uh yes but this one <laughs> The original one's actually kind of dark, and it's about this guy who's dying, and he wants. He says all these things like, "I want them to laugh, I want them to dance, Goodbye, I want Papa. them to amuse themselves like crazy when they put me in a hole because he's dying." Right. And uh, the Kingston Trio first recorded it, and they did kind of a French version, and Terry Jacks rewrote it a little more upbeat because he thought it was too. Yeah, it's uh, about a friend who had leukemia, right? Well, he wrote it while a friend who had leukemia, mm-hmm. but he made this a little more upbeat because he felt the old one was too macabre. But it was supposed to be for the Beach Boys, and then it didn't work out. It's a Christmas song, apparently. What? Westlife did a cover that was big. Seasons in the Sun is a Christmas song? I guess. Because it's, oh. it's a looking back one, an end of year, I guess. I don't know. Huh. And then Nirvana covered it, too, yeah. on their album with the lights out. I'm giving all those facts because I'm not voting for Seasons in the Sun. I'm voting for Kung Fu Fighting. As am I. Yeah, I think so, too. Kung Fu Fighting goes on. Oh! Now we have The Night Chicago Died by Paper Lace. 
I heard my mama cry. I heard her pray the night Chicago died. Versus Rock and Roll Part 2 by some guy. Hey! I was going to do a different part because we sang that one last Doctor Who. No. Yeah, because yeah, Doctor and the TARDIS was a song that came out in the 80s that was based on Rock and Roll Part 2 by Gary Glitter. Rock and Roll by Gary Glitter. And my kids, I don't know, I guess they heard Doctor and the TARDIS before they heard Rock and Roll. Because I was playing Rock and Roll Part 2 for this show, and they were like, oh, is this that Doctor Who song? And I'm like, oh, no. What have I done? Like, I like The Night Chicago Died. It's a fun song. It is a little complicated at times. Sure. Like, it jumps into, like, four four or five different songs all at once. You're you're about to say you would sit down and actually listen to Rock and Roll Part 2. Oh, the whole thing? Yes. Oh, heavens, no. Unless I'm in a sporting what? arena. I think it's unlistenable as a, as a song. Oh, come on. No, no, it's a good strutting song. No way. Like if it's a soundtrack to me strutting down the street. Sure. Or down doing yard stairs. work or doing dishes or cleaning the house. When you dance and doing the dishes. Do you dance while doing the dishes? I totally do. Me too. Let's get, get into it. It uh, is way more iconic though. Like if you're, sure. if you're Because of sporting. Sure. But we all know it. It is. The legacy is there. The legacy well, has been built. But the, but the problem it's, is it's more night, of a riff than a song. But well, there's no, there is the song too. If you listen to Rock and Roll Part One, it actually they say Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll, Rock and oh, Roll. Oh, those lyrics are inspired. Well, they have other lyrics. <laughs> sure, the chorus. yeah. I'm Did the guy who write that also write Dora the Explorer? We're lyrics? not going to talk about the guy who wrote Let's Rock and Roll Part Two, except for the fact that uh, Gary Glitter does own thirty glitter suits and fifty pairs of silver platform boots. Yes, because they wanted to, he was won by Paul Raven originally, but. Uh, Rock and Roll Part 2 did start as a 15-minute jam session, which they withered down, whittled, whittled down to like a, a five-minute song. Or That's the weird thing about it. Rock and Roll Part 2 is like the first half of the song when I listen to it. Mm-hmm. And then Rock and Roll Part 1 is the second half of the song where they get the lyrics kicking in. I, I love Pretty it. Pretty cool though. mess. I listen to it. Night Chicago Dad is built on a lie because it's based on the St. Valentine's Day Mexico. <laughs> so the mayor of Chicago really hated this song, even though you know, they were proud of it, I guess, because they're from the UK. Mm-hmm. And so he said, in quotes, paper lace should jump in the Chicago River, placing your heads under the water three times and surfacing twice. Pray tell us, are you nuts? Man, those 70s insults. He was on some cilantro at the time, for sure. Oh, let's let that be code. Uh, it's code. But yeah, even then, it's based on the same values of Mexico, but it's not because there's no confrontation large enough that left 100 policemen dead, as it talks about right. the song. And they, they, they know it's fictional. It also references the east side of Chicago. It takes place on the east side of the co- Chicago. Chicago has three commonly referred to regions, north side, west side, south side. There is no east side, really. Lake Michigan is immediately east of downtown can be Chicago. Fictional. But if we're talking success, Night Chicago Died was number one for one week, and then Rock and Roll Part Two was number seven on Billboard. And considering the fact that the Night Chicago Died was plaguing me during a fever dream I had when I was sick recently, it was just the same. The chorus was looping in my head. Oh, no. Because the chorus is the only thing you remember. I'm voting for Rock and Roll Part Two. Because you were sick, you had fever dreams about it? I, for Night Chicago Died, just, yeah. it's in my head. I like it, but I. Zach? Night Chicago Died. All right, strictly for uh, iconography, it's Rock and Roll Part 2. Uh, I figured. Yes. Rock and Roll Part 2 goes on. Now we have, ooh, this is a fun matchup. You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. Because you light up my life. You something, Nobody something knows any other words. You carry on. Versus Loving You by Minnie Ripperton. Are we doing that again? I don't think no, we're doing no, the no, no. again. 
Actually, I'll just do tweet, 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 tweet. Because the birds in Love and You, apparently it was recorded by mistake. Like they were accidentally put on the track and then Mini Ripton was like, I like that. Keep the birds in there. So, But should we keep the song in here? That's a good question. No, we should not is the answer. Really? Yeah. Loving you against you light up my life. Yeah. They both peaked at number one, Kent. They sure did. But you light up my life was number one for 10 weeks. But you're just doing, you just want to vote for Debbie Boone because she's Pat Boone's daughter. And I know how much you like Pat Boone. Love me some Pat Boone. (laughs) Uh, no, wait, it's like I don't. I don't really like either song. I don't think either song what? is like one of the great romantic songs of all time. And I have positive associations with "Loving You" because of making fun of it in the past with coworkers. Yeah, um, but I do enjoy. Shout out it. to Overstock. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing not about a sponsor. It, you live a life. I, I looked up the movie because it was it was for a movie. She, mm-hmm. she made this song for a movie, uh, or he Joseph Brooks wrote the song. But it's about a young woman named Laurie who dreams of becoming a singer who soon finds herself pressed by young friends to sing and her father who wants her to become a comic. What? She's choosing between being a comedian or a singer. What parent is like, I want you to be a stand-up comic? I know! That drove me nuts. Uh, She did also write another song. After the success of this one, she decided she was going to write a new song called When You Are Loved from the Magic of Lassie. (laughs) Oh, there's magic now. See, loving you sounds like a pumpkin spice cult is placing a spell on me. In order to trick me up into the mountains. <laughs> and so for that reason, I can't abide. Oh, and I'm voting for Loving You. I, I, I think this is a, a happy uh, accident of a song where I do Accident, keyword. Okay, and if you guys, if, you, <laughs> if you're going to vote her out, which yeah. I, it sounds like you're going to, uh, it sounds like I encourage will. you both to listen to her song, You Take My Breath Away. Because oh, no, that no, 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 not that one. It's called You Take My Breath Away by Minnie Ripperton, and it is the highest recorded note she reached in the whistle register. It's like an F7 on the wow. third scale. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is either. But it's high. math. I listen to it, though. It is very high. Okay. Zach, make the decision. You light up my life. No. Uh, yeah, I, I turned this song on on the radio or on the car as we were driving. What's the radio? Yeah, I know. It's on the Spotify. And me and my wife instantly are just like, you light so up You just told that life. story so you could say it's me so and my sweet. wife. Yeah. I know how you are. You should get one sometime. But I love that. <laughs> pretty great. I actually, my first exposure to loving you, though, was, you monster. was Vegas Vacation. One of my, well, the best moments mm-hmm. of Vegas Vacation. when uh, Wayne, Of which there are two. There's, there's some. There's some. But Wayne Newton singing it, and all of a sudden, Ellen Griswold sings that really high note, and yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, <sighs> fine. You light up my life. Goes on. Now we have Making Our Dreams Come True by Cindy Greco. We're, We're going to make, make our dreams come true. Do, do it, it in our way. way. Sorry about that, Joel. It's okay. I was going to start this. <laughs> oh, really apologize. Jump into, jump into the chorus now. Uh-oh. Versus In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry. In the weather time. You got summer, you got summer on your mind. That's the copyright free version. That time it was intentional. That actually happened. Oops. Last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so the Stacy's mom of this bracket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we always need a Stacy's mom. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, the. And that's just it. Like Mungo Jerry, uh, if you don't know, by the way, he's an orange and black and brown calico with best in stockings. Uh, I'm more of a Mr. Mistoffelee no, sort of guy. Mungo Jerry had 19 studio albums. They wow. made 19 albums. Wow. 
But here's the most mind. Did they sell nineteen copies? Well, here's the <laughs> no. But here's actually, the, here's the most mind blowing fact to me, guys, is that this song in the summertime became one of the best selling singles of all time, selling thirty million copies. It is in the top three. Like if you go to the Wikipedia page of best selling singles of all time, it is the third one on the list behind "White Christmas" by Bing Crosby and "Candle in the Wind" by Elton John. You are kidding? How? That's how big this is. How? Because the know. kitsch is there. Yeah, but that. Big? I mean, maybe just captured something in 1970 where they're like, that's what I want. That and cilantro. Well, no. Uh, was everyone on cilantro at the time? Because how do people spend money on this nonstop? I don't know. But so, I, fun fact about... I'm spending my money on it. Fun fact about making our dreams come true because it won't make it to the next round. The song was covered by Johnny Cash for a Nissan commercial about their American workforce. And have you guys watched the commercial? I was going to, but I didn't. It's, it's kind of... It's sad because it's Johnny Cash kind of selling out. And it reminds me of one of those team building videos. Except yeah. for Johnny Cash is there because it's like... We're gonna make our dreams come true. And then you have the people working on cars going, doing, doing it our way. And oh, it's wow. so oh, cheesy. That is, that is the worst. I do like Cindy Greco's voice. Yes. Probably more than Mungo Jerry's. Would the song be popular without the show? No. But exactly. it's a good, I, it's a good, happy song. And I enjoy making your dreams come true, but it's got to be in the summertime. In the summertime continues on. <laughs> Now we have Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede. Nah, ha, 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 nah, it's a venue. What was that? <laughs> Hooked on Hooked a Feeling. I'm high on believing. Versus My Maria by B.W. Stevenson. My Maria. You know I've been with you for a long, long Give time. Give your death rattle facts on that song. We, we <laughs> I like my Maria. It is a good song, but it doesn't feel 70s. It, and it's as far as I want country going on this bracket. Hey, and the Brooks and Dunn version is better. But it didn't reach as high. The B.W. Stevenson version peaked at number nine, whereas Brooks and Dunn's only reached 79 on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, but it's a better song. Is it though? My oh, by the way, B.W. stands for buckwheat. Buckwheat? Yeah. Okay. Buckwheat Stevenson? Apparently. Ned Ryerson? <laughs> so Hooked on a Feeling moves on? Well, I, I feel bad for this guy, though, B.W. Stevenson, because he wrote My Maria, but people remember the Brooks and Dunn version better. Mm-hmm. He also released Shambhala, which was a song by Three Dog Night. He released it one week before Three Dog Night version came out, and Three Dog Night became the bigger hit. What? I know. Sorry, B.W. Stevenson, but... Hooked on a Sweet Shoes. Hooked on a Feeling goes on. I can't stop this now we have got to be real by cheryl lynn to be real that's the voice thank that's you it. zach that's thank it thank you thank you zach for being the voice of cheryl lynn were those words oh i'm i'm doing a whole uh, cover of all of these songs but like sung by the swedish chef <laughs> next we have the hustle by Van McCoy. So Get to Be Real was number 12 on Billboard. The Hustle was number one. Now, uh, Cheryl Lynn, she got her start on the gong show where she did quite she well. She did not get gonged. And then she was in, a, she was the, was in the Wiz, actually. Oh, she was she was the Wicked Witch of the West. Eventually, she started. So, personal story I think we can all relate to is uh, Zach got married recently, and they played the Boot Scoot and Boogie, and I didn't realize the Boot Scoot and Boogie was five minutes long. Nobody guess what else is five minutes long? The The Hustle. Hustle. You guys are gonna vote it out, are you? Over got to be real. I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Thank you. Because get to be real. Some hard facts on this. Well, it is. It ranks lower. 
Got, got to be real ranks lower. Got to be real actually did score on VH1's top one hit wonders of all time as number thirty three, and that's one hit wonders of all time. VH1, which used to be affiliated with music, Do, does that exist still? Uh, I don't know, but they did have I love the nineties back in the in I, I love the eighties back show. in the two thousand. I love the seventies, but for me, got to be real. It feels very seventies, which is good, but it's just redundant. We talk about the hustle, which is also redundant, but got to be real scored lower and is also not as iconic i would agree with that so you're gonna vote for the hustle i am yeah one million copies for sold over one million copies the hustle did won a grammy award for best pop music and instrumental performance it's the hustle i'm just gonna vote for got to be real not that it matters because it has a way better baseline it does yep the hustle moves on now we have cats in the cradle by Harry Chapin. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son or dad. You'll know you'll have a good time then. Well, it's either son or dad. I was going with yeah, the fatherly figure the or the child figure. It's just how we see ourselves in our life, right? It's one of those things where you're yes. singing the other one. Son or dad. When are you coming home, dad? Dad, when are you coming home? Versus Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. Dancing in the moonlight. Everybody's feeling warm and bright. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's trailing off right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you forget the words, but you're still jamming out to this. Because this yeah. is. You guys is, made the case that the remake is better. The remake, which sounds very similar. The, of, which, of Dancing in the Moonlight. Of Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah. I, I, Not wh- better, just I knew that one. While I agree, that doesn't invalidate this very, it's very fun song. It's a great song. It's so. We're and we're talking. This is bouncy and happy and fun and good versus emotional and sad and it makes Beautiful. you reconsider your choices. And so, every time I do this research, I'm like, I need to go talk to my kids. I need to go talk to my kids. Do you want that out of your music? Yes, because it makes you realize what's important I, in life. I love music that makes me question my life <laughs> and your parenting skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've just got them. Uh, would new- you rather just dance in the moonlight with the pale devil? Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yes. precisely. Uh, Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest was actually written originally by uh, Sherman Kelly, who is he's one of the band members, but he was in a band called uh, Buffalongo, mm-hmm. <laughs> B-O-F-F-A-L-O-N-G-O. And, <laughs> and Buffalongo so was he his wrote name it back then. But then and the funny thing is like King Harvest, I mean, they had 10 studio albums, mm-hmm. but they were originally formed in 1969, but they broke up in 1971 and then they got back together because they all ended up moving to Paris for some reason and finding each other. And they reformed in Paris as expatriates. And then they decided to revisit Dancing with Moonlight. And that became their biggest hit. Really? Yeah. It's a great song. I actually have no complaints about Dancing in the Moonlight. But the reason I'm not voting it forward is it just doesn't have the iconic status that Cats in the Cradle does. Granted, the first version I heard of Cats in the Cradle was from Ugly Kid Joe back in like the early going 90s. without the apostrophe. <laughs> yes, precisely. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm still going to vote so for you're Cats, going Cats in the Cradle. And Cradle. Yeah. And then, of course, you are. Drunk. And I can't vote for Dancing Moonlight simply because uh, they used a toilet scrubbing brush on the drums. That's disgusting. The chichichis? <laughs> that's, that's not that's in the is, summertime. Is Zach playing the, t- the toilet brush? <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret. Audio only. So uh, you're yeah, I'm voting for, voting. Of course, I'm voting for Cats in the Cradle. Well, I'm voting for Dancing in the Moonlight. Not that it matters. You need to vote first so that we don't vote ah, you out. This, you're, oh, I thought we would get along on this one, but I'm already getting How mad, mad are you? Two. Still one to ten. Oh, this is a great song. How mad? We're not saying it's not a good song. We're just saying it didn't beat Cats in the Cradle. Cats in the Cradle moves on. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to Right catch. now we have Ring My Bell by Anita Ward. Boo! <laughs> 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 Ring my bell. There we go. 
Ring, ring my bell. My ding bell. dong ding. Ring a ding, a ding. ding dong. We're so good at this. Wow. Versus American Pie by Don McLean. That'll be the day that I die. This will be, be the day, day that I die. Yeah, what'd you say? That'll be the day. That will be the day. This will be. This will be the day that I die. Guys, drink drinking whiskey and rye. Again, when do you sit down and listen? Honestly, to Zach, all of American Pie. I was listening to the playlist today, and I can make it about a minute into American Pie because what? it it's no, it deserves how long? No, it deserves eight and a half minutes it's to sit half down. Half but when are you going to say I'm really going to enjoy this song for eight and a half minutes? If I, she, if that's back like a Marco, in the day when audio was king. That's the length of a long Marco Polo. I do <laughs> not oh, care. Oh. If I hear about that stinking Chevy and that dumb Levy one more time. But hey. is it not a better song than Ring My Bell, though? As much as, as many gripes as I have. Well, well when, when uh, speaking of length, when the, the single came out for American mm-hmm. Pie, they couldn't fit it on one side of a 45 record. So they had to do half the song on the A side, and then you flip over the record. That's kind of a joke, though, right? Half the one on the B side. Nope, that's Turn true. over. But, but also, Ring My Bell was originally an eight and a half minute song as well. It's true. And I had the, a, the longer version on our playlist, mm-hmm. and I could not listen to it. So I in ended fact, up dropping it to even the in one. the three and a half minute version, there are 47 instances of the line ring my bell. That's how deep <sighs> the song goes. So that is a problem with it. If I had a challenge flag to throw, sure, I would throw it for ring my bell. We messed up last week. Why? Brandy should have won. No, I was listening to the playlist I again. No, Brandy is is a vastly superior. Uh, she's song. a fine girl, we, we but she's not Brandy's a winner. A fine song is that what you're just gonna say? It's yes, what a fine song she could have been if she made it. It, it, sh- it should have. And if I could reverse it, a call, any single call, it would be. So that does one. that make you more mad at Ring My Bell? Because Ring My Bell, again, listening to it, and I happened to be listening to it in a setting where it was on a TV, and so the lyrics were scrolling, and it's just Ring My Bell, Ring My Bell, Ring yes, My Bell, precisely. And I still would rather listen to it. Than American Pie. What? Last week when we were talking about American Pie, we literally didn't even sing the real song. We sang the Weird Al version, because which makes was, this a better song. That's the joke. Yeah, but it makes it even it, even that's Don a McLean, more fun. Don song McLean said that he really does like Weird Al's parody, and he said he almost sings it when he sings the song. Yeah, it was because, because these the are two so number ones. Oh, you took a, a, a boring song and made it fun. No, because that's what American. One is. is about like Americana nostalgia, the music industry, and kind of this all-encompassing amazing song that the other one that includes a veiled conversation about the deaths of buddy holly richie valens and jp richardson the big bopper they're not that veiled but yeah yes well no the whole song is exposition like let's be talking about but it's it's boring depth versus a shallow song well boring depth wins for me because ring my bell was the uh, teeny bopper song that's supposed to be like calling people when they when they gave it to anita king she didn't want to do it actually but then they kind of they made the lyrics a little more grown up, mm-hmm. and they decided to avoid any sort of overtly suggestive lyrics. Uh, by the way, Anita Ward, she has a degree in psychology from uh, Russ College in Hope Springs, Mississippi, and she was a school teacher when she got this song. And her, one of her worst fears was being a one-hit wonder. Oh, no. But I'm voting for American Pie. So Ring so. my bell. American Pie. Do you guys? Zach, oh. Zach. Try voting on the right side one time. (laughs) American Pie moves on. Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above? All right. Moving on to the next round, next side of the bracket. And not that my opinion matters, but... (laughs) Oh, (laughs) don't say that, Now we have My Sharona by The Knack. Life is like a hurricane. It is DuckTales. No. Versus Ooh Child. Ooh Child. Things are going to get easier. 
Ooh, child. It's O O H child. I really just wanted to sing, since we did Weird Al for the last American Pie, I wanted to sing My Bologna. Never gonna stop eating it. Such a tasty snack. I always eat too much and throw up. But I'll sue me back. My, 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 my. Woo! My Bologna. Which I. As much as I love Weird Al, it's baloney. Now, the listener did make a case that My Sharona does not sound like a 70s song, and I would agree. It sounds like an 80s song. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's, a, it's more 70s than I, some of those other songs on here. And then we have Ooh Child that honestly sounds like a 60s song to me. Uh, yeah. And it does. Yeah. Uh, the, the Five Stair Steps, by the way, who did Ooh Child, they were considered the first family of soul because of their initial run. Mm-hmm. But then that, that name eventually got passed to the Jackson Five. Uh, so another five, I guess. The Knack has more success. Six weeks at number one, whereas Five Stair Steps got number eight on Billboard. But Ooh Child is ranked by Rolling Stone as number 402 on the 500 greatest songs of all time. It is the only song of this bracket to make their 500 greatest songs of all time. So we're talking, you know, uh, there's per- legacy performance versus legacy here. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Kent, you mentioned the success of My Sharona mm-hmm. or of The Knack. Yes, and that also had two other top forty hits: "Good Girls Don't" and "Baby Talks Dirty." We're we're not we're not booing. I'm, these I'm ones, not. Are I'm we? not. There might be a little bit of one hit wonder police. Are we I'm going not, woo woo? No, That's I'm not. I'm not bringing, the police. No, I'm not doing that. I just was one of those things that I was listening to, and I'm like, man, they they do have these other hits. And whereas five stair steps, they just have ooh child. Okay, okay, stop, well, stop, 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 please. I'm just gonna say ooh child. Now argue. Oh, so you want to go first? So you didn't get voted out? Yes. <laughs> Joel, what about you? Now argue. That is your role <laughs> on making <laughs> sense. It's true. It's true. By the way, the five steps are named the five stair steps because the Mrs. Burke, their mom of, of the kids, thought they looked like stair steps when they lined up in order of height. That's adorable. That's cute. And you know, they, they, they could have been called the five von traps. The A side of the record, which is when, you, when we talk about A side kids, on the record, there was the What's A, a record? side. <laughs> like a record. Uh, a record, record, yes. record. Yeah. Like a record, vinyl record. But on the A side, that was the big song that you wanted everyone to listen mm-hmm. to. And the B side was the other song. They actually were doing a cover of Dear Prudence by the Beatles was their A-side. Good song. And then Ooh Child was their B-side, and that became the big hit. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go for my Sharona, just to make it harder on Kent. Yes. And because I like that song probably better. Not hard at all. I would listen to the whole thing of Ooh Child, and I would not listen to all of my Sharona because the last two minutes are kind of a weak guitar solo. Ooh, child. Oh, nice. That's a big one. It's a big one. By and the I'm way, sorry. Uh, it's Sharona, six weeks at number one. It's based on a real girl, uh, Sharona, oh, yeah. Sharona Applin. She's now a successful realtor in Los Angeles. Yeah, and of course, she definitely capitalizes on that, the success of that song. Apparently. Did a song I picked finally win? That Only because you voted upset. first. That's an upset. Yeah. Ooh, child goes on. Okay, now it's magic by Pilot. Oh, 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 oh it's, it's magic. magic. Boop, boop. You, you know. know. Which is oddly one of the tunes I keep singing, even though I don't know the song that well. That's one that sticks in my head after we do these episodes. It is very catchy that way. Yeah. yeah. Versus Mr. Big Stuff by Gene Knight. Mr. Big Stuff. Who do you think you are? Mr. Okay, Big Stuff. I figured out what it is. This is why I struggle with this song. In my mind, I go, for me to roller sing. coaster mm-hmm. of love. Say what? Which then I go to Red Hot Chili Peppers. So Magic was a number five hit. Mr. Big Stuff was a number two hit. Uh, a couple members of Pilot went on to be in the Alan Parsons Project. So they, oh, they, hey, they look at that. that band. Yeah. Whereas uh, Mr. Big Stuff, uh, well, her original uh, last name was Kaliste, and they thought it was too hard to pronounce, so she changed it to oh, the Knight. Oh, Khaleesi. Okay. Like, yes. I get Wait, it. Kal- not Celeste? So C A L I S T E. 
Huh. Weird. Least. That's why she changed it. Night's so, so much easier Mr. To Big Stuff for me, it, it's a fine song, but it sounds like an awesome commercial jingle. Like, I think that's where it should fit. Which is funny Ouch. because I literally know magic because of a commercial jingle. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, I talked about it last week where it was like one of those dial zero. Oh, true. Dial yep, o, that's o, it. O, yeah. yeah. But I think magic is kind of the perfect length for a song of this era. It's only three minutes long. And I feel like it's the song I would have driven to all the time on repeat back in the day. Very. If I were alive in the 70s. A lot like, of hypotheticals. It was like an 80s song. Does it? Magic. I think so. Really? I think it sounds like it. Well, yeah. Okay. But. Are we disagreeing? I love magic. I know, I but do you like the song? Yeah, I like it enough to pick it. You're both picking it yes, then? Yes, we are. I'll give a pity vote to Mr. Big okay. Stuff then. You deserve I, it, Gene. I, I didn't want to move forward with Mr. Big Stuff because I realized the positive <laughs> associations were really from that roller coaster of love song. It happens. So, yeah. magic moves on. Never been away, Never seen a day All right, now we have Black Betty by Ram Jam. Whoa, Black Betty, Panda Lamp. Whoa, Black Black Betty, Panda Panda Lamp. I cannot hear anything but Panda. I listened to this today and I kept hearing Panda Lamp and I cursed you. (laughs) Why did you curse me over Panda Lamps? Versus (laughs) Baker Street by Gary Rafferty. (laughs) It turned to the scuttle every time. (laughs) So So Black Betty was number 18 on Billboard. Baker Street was number two for six weeks. Black Betty may be the oldest song that we have on this list. I'm I'm betting it is because it was originally recorded in 1933. Whoa. And there was a, the more popular recording came out in 1939 by Huddy Leadbelly Leadbetter. That's hard to say. Wow. Uh, But he had a thing. And then Bill Bartlett, who was in Ram Jam, he took... Uh, Lead Belly's version and turned it into well, the one we And know. this is where I'm conflicted because the Ram original, Jam. it's a one minute song. Yeah. And that's it. So what Ram Jam does is add guitar solos. Jams. Yeah, it's just jams. And they, they're Some quality. <laughs> and they're, they're total quality, but it is just a lot of filler for a one minute song. Black Betty, Whereas, as it started up, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Do you then, not like jam bands very much though? Yeah. Because that's what it totally becomes. It totally is. Like a live album. But then Baker sort of Street is one where I'm like, I'm not really feeling this song. And then the it's chorus hits and you're like, there it is. Six minutes long and relies on the instrumental. Mm-hmm. The Which, vibe is nice, though. These are it's actually weirdly fairly matched. I agree. Because of that. Thank you. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but Baker, Street, all. Baker Street is, is funny, too, because there's some dis, uh, discontent about who wrote the riff. Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, you have Jerry Rafferty, who is saying, I wrote this as kind of a vocal thing originally, and then I turned it into a, guitar, into a saxophone solo, whereas the saxophone player, Raphael Ravenscroft, great name, by the way. Such mm-hmm. a great name. Dear one. Uh, he, he said, no, I didn't get any music. He just said, play something, and so I played that. So there's some back and forth there. So, And I also want to give some fun facts about Baker Street. There's some controversy behind it because it only hit number two, and they said it actually hit number one, but when Casey Kasem recorded a show saying, in our new number one, Beating out Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees yeah. is Baker Street. Barry Gibb and his producers called Casey Kasem's show and said, we're going to pull Barry Gibb from performing at any concert, any upcoming concert, unless you make Barry Gibb number one and re-record your show. And That's, so it's controversy. It's con- I read it online, Joel. Of course it's true. <laughs> that sounds so shady. Uh, it was, I, I don't believe Casey Kasem it would was do that. GaryRafferty.net, so I'm not sure if it's true or not. <laughs> Is it Jerry or Gary? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's Jerry, but I'm not sure now. Now I don't know Mumble anything. teaser. <laughs> but when Black Betty was more of a recent enjoyment for me, like I really didn't know it that well. Because it's an enjoyable song, I feel. And, I, until this research for the show, I was like, I put a name to the tune, 
Whereas Baker Street, when I heard that, that was a wave of nostalgia for an era I never lived in. Doesn't it feel more 80s, though? Baker Street? I can make a case for either one. I'm giving it to Baker Street. Wave of nostalgia, better performance on the charts, right? Better performance on the charts from Baker Street, yes. Baker Street. With that case? So are you going Baker Street? I I would have to agree. I am. Because it's a number two. It's really close, but I, I think just based on the performance, I think that nudges it up. Obviously, Black Betty, I think, is more timeless. Yeah. But... I think it's the wind goes. Black Baker Betty Street. could have come out in 1993. Okay, agreed. Know? But uh, yeah, Baker Street moves on. Winding your way down to Baker Street, lighting your head and dead. All right, now it's Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes by Ed Edison Lighthouse. For my love grows where my rosemary goes, and nobody knows it like me. I never know how to end that. No. Wow, me. feels like a jingle. Like me, me. This is my buddy. This is another cookies. Good. Good matchup. Cilantro. Versus Afternoon Delight by Starlin Vocal Band. Sky rockets in flight. Boo! Afternoon Delight. There we go. That's the Anchorman version. Every time I have to do the Anchorman I know, version. It is now the version. Yeah. Afternoon Delight. I watched the music video. It was a live performance of Starland Vocal Band, and it was the cheesiest thing I've ever seen because the two women were playing air guitars before the song started, and it just hurt my soul is that it more no cheesy? rock and roll was happening. Is it more cheesy than Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes? This, no, this is the song that's been in my head most this week. You it's got very, issues, it's, man. It's very 60s. The, la- the lead vocalist of the Edison Lighthouse, uh, Tony Burroughs, Apparently, he had his finger in, in a lot of pies because it was one of four near-concurrent singles, top 10 hits in the UK, that he released under different names. He had Gimme Dat Ding by the Pipkins. Oh, so good. My Baby Loves Lovin' by the White Plains and United We Stand by Brotherhood of Man. All him, all charting. He's really just trying to make it onto many of our brackets. I know that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't, li- I don't, like, when, I don't like it when 70s artists play to a future podcast, so I'm voting for Afternoon Delight. <laughs> Obviously... What I mean, look at for? peak position, number one in Afternoon Delight versus Afternoon number five. Afternoon Delight, begrudgingly. Oh, happily Afternoon Delight. Now we have Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry. Play that funky music, <laughs> white boy. See my intro? <laughs> Joel's intro is really cool. <laughs> versus Cruel To Be Kind by Nick Lowe. You got to be cruel to, to be, be kind, kind in the, the right measure. measure. We were a little fast there, but yeah, it deserves it. So number one for Play That Funky Music, it was a top 10 song in seven countries, and Cruel To Be Kind is number 12 on Billboard's charts. Yeah. This is easy. This is an easy one, because Cruel To Be Kind, as much as I enjoy the song, it did not have as much sting power. It's actually a really good song, just not memorable, sadly. He, he had a, a bigger hit called I Love The Sound Of Breaking Glass in the UK, but didn't make it over here. So, Oh, is that the Loving You song? <laughs> That's shattering glass. Mm-hmm. Play that funky music is continuing on. Hey, now it's the night the lights went out in Georgia by Vicky Lawrence. That's a night they hung an innocent man. Oh, oh, just falling from there. Versus stuck in the middle with you by Steelers Wheel. Well, I don't know about it tonight. <laughs> I forgot the f- lyrics and that ain't right. Here I am stuck in the middle with. Me. I could just jump to the chorus, but I'm, I'm trying to. I'm overthinking it, guys. Oh, stop it, Joel. Joel to the left of me, Zach's to the right. Here I am <laughs> stuck in the middle with you too. Now, the night the, the, night the <laughs> lights went out in Georgia, <laughs> it's a murder ballad, which that's a genre, apparently. Murder ballad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the whole story is about this narrator who's telling us a story about her brother 
who came home and he found out that his wife was having an affair. And then mm-hmm. they meet the devil at the crossroads and play fiddle. No, but I'll tell you what. There were a lot of twists and turns I did not anticipate in this song. Like You listen yeah. to it and you're like, you hear the chorus, but you kind of just maybe tune out the rest of it. There's a shocking twist at the end. Spoiler alert for, for the nights went out in Georgia. From the 70s. This guy finds out that his, his wife's been having an affair with his buddy, Andy. So the, the guy gets his <sighs> then gun. Then they take out an ad and find out that they're each other. No, that's a different, okay. that's a different okay, okay. song. He gets a gun and he goes over to Andy's house, but Andy is already dead. Ooh. But then he sees some police doing a patrol nearby, so he shoots his gun in the air because that's what you do. And the police come over and end up arresting him for the murder of Andy. And then it turns out at the end that it was the the, the narrator who's telling you the song. She's actually the one. She's the <gasps> she's the one. So who Vicky killed Lawrence him. killed him. What? Yeah. She ends with the line, little sister don't miss when she aims her gun. I think this is this is what inspired M. Night Shyamalan to do every movie of his. What a <laughs> twist. Yeah, because really the song isn't much without the story itself. It's a good story, though. Like, it's a I, good story. I was actually enjoying the it. The song itself. What an OJ move to write a song about what you did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you think Vicky Lawrence really murdered somebody? I don't think so. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Whereas uh, Stuck in the Middle of You, the story about that one, it's a, it's a dismissive tale of the music industry cocktail party written and performed as a parody of Bob Dylan's paranoia. Yeah, it feels like like a three dog night song. Like that's how high quality the I, song sounds. I thought it was uh, either Bob Dylan or Tom Petty singing it back mm-hmm. in the day. This, I didn't know who Steeler's Wheel was, but I feel like the legacy of this song isn't from the song. It's from Reservoir Dogs. It's from Reservoir Dogs. It's from there was an episode of Supernatural. Wonder it's from, Years. Yeah, it's not Malcolm from Supernatural. In the Middle. Malcolm in the Girls. Gilmore Girls. Prom- Girls had it. I promise it's not from Malcolm in the Middle. I want to give you my death rattle facts for Night the Lights Went Out. Because, like, I'm not voting for this song, but it was covered by Pete Schofield and the Canadians, and that version of the song became the opening theme for John Cena! Kind of amazing. Oh, Zach just did. He can't Where's see that? me. I can't see On a podcast, just like me doing the hustle. <laughs> wow, we have, we should really start doing video. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you guys? Who wins? So you, you are officially voting for... Steelers will. Steelers will. Stuck in the middle. Funny you mentioned uh, Reservoir Dogs, because that actually, the night the lights went out in Georgia was also referenced in Reservoir Dogs, when uh, nice guy Eddie says, quote, this is the first time I've ever realized that girl singing the song is the one who shot Andy. What? Yeah. They're both net. And Night's Well in Georgia was recorded by Reba McIntyre in 1991. Became a, a hit for her as well. And that is actually the version I know better as well. I, I really like the story of Night's Well in Georgia in the sense of I was like, oh, that's actually kind of a mm-hmm. cool, creepy song. It is. Yes. It's got to be Steeler's Wheel, though. I'll just give a pity vote to the Night's, the Lights, when, whatever that one is called. We call them Zach votes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, stuck in the middle goes on. Now we have All Right Now by Free. All right now, baby. All right now. Right now. Versus Knock on Wood by Amy Stewart. Oh, you better knock. On wood. Also, you have the starting, which is like... The beautiful people. The beautiful people. <laughs> this, I wonder where you're going to that. If you hear this song actually like played by drum lines and stuff, very cool. Uh, this is a great song. So all right now, got number four. Knock on wood, number one. It's knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, it's knock on wood. I didn't say that. Knock huh. on wood actually is originally written by Eddie Floyd. And if you listen to the version by Floyd, it just feels so slow mm-hmm. compared to Amy Stewart. Which, by the way, Amy Stewart, uh, A-M-I-I. Yeah. She changed her name to that. 
so she could register with the Actors Equity Association. She's from the northern Utah, southern Idaho area. (laughs) (laughs) All Right Now is one of the most played classic rock songs of this era, though. Um, Like one of the most played. And even it's free is a one-hit wonder, but still, it has last ability. Knock on Wood is a straight-up banger, though. And it feels very 70s to me, whereas Knock on Wood... Sit, it's just sit, that later era disco, disco feels more 80s to me. And it's weird because it's not. Sit down and listen test. What would you sit down and listen to all the way through? I did listen to both these today. Yeah. And I listened to both of them in total. Yeah. But the one I enjoyed yeah. was Knock on Wood. Is that your vote? It is. Yeah! Then I'll give the pity vote to All Right Now for my dad. I know he loves yeah, that okay. song. Because it is classic. It's okay. a great song. So, so the Zach boat goes to All Right Now. And <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> and the winner is Knock on Wood. I'm a bad person. <laughs> and for the last matchup of round two, we have Pop Music by M. Talk about Pop. Pop, pop Music. Pop, talk about pop. Pop music. Pop. <laughs> London, Paris, New York, Munich. Versus Spirit in the Sky by Norrin Greenbaum. Going up, up to, to the, the spirit, spirit in the sky. Spirit in the sky. That's where I'm going to go when I die. When I die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, guys, I think our band just got their label pulled. We, 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 we just lost lazy. the label. <laughs> <laughs> so pop music is in number one on Billboard. Spirit in the Sky number three. But it was number one in four other countries. And it has lasted longer, I think. And I pop music is it's associated with it just feels more 80s. Well, to me. it was one of the final hits of the 70s and kind pop of music. Yeah, went right into 1980. Is, is pop music American? Uh, he's we, British. It feels a little European. He's British. Yes. How? British oh, because he's M. Got yes. it. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I think Spirit in the Sky has the staying power and feels like the 70s. That's why it's used in a bunch of movies. I would concur with Zach, but he is the Zach vote. So I don't know if I should join him. I'm not allowed to no. vote. You are allowed to vote just at the end when you lose. <laughs> but you guess what, Zach? You're right this time, buddy. Oh, yeah. oh, are we all gonna it go is Spirit in the Sky. It is Spirit, spirit in, in the, the sky. sky. Moves on. All right, we move on to our Sweet 16. It's going to be fun. First, it's Kung Fu Fighting versus Rock and Roll Part 2. This These is, are two cheesy songs. We don't have songs. to sing anymore because they know the Hopefully they know the songs by now. Uh, huh. They still don't because we sing them. True. <laughs> uh, so well, No, they know them because you put in the clip of it afterwards. So I don't know if I mentioned this. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous show, but in junior high, there is a karaoke. Con- there was a karaoke contest and my friends and I did dance and sing. Well, sing to Kung Fu Fighting because it seems like it was a, it's a disco 101 song, like not ready for the disco hits. Try Kung Fu Fighting, but it is one of those classics. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. It, but, but you kind of hate Rock and Roll Part 2, don't you? It's more cheesy. Is it more cheesy? At least at least Kung Fu Fighting. <laughs> but it feels like a song. What's more cheesy than that? That's true. That's true. That is called, by the way, the quintessential... It's, this is what it's called, the quintessential oriental riff. It's a short musical phrase that is used to signify Chinese culture. <laughs> I don't know if it represents well. That's just what it is. That's I'm just reading Wikipedia Source of Knowledge and Truth. Joel, do you have a vote? This is difficult because I enjoy both these songs. Okay. And I do uh, even I do listen to writing, good stuff. We I have, do listen to Rock and Roll Part 2 all the way through. That is that is a get pumped up song for me that I enjoy. By the way, fun fact, it was uh, first used in a sports setting in 1974 at a game for the Kalamazoo Wings. 
<laughs> and then the marketing director who who did that, who brought the song in there, he noticed how it went over the crowd so well. So then when he moved to the Colorado Rockies in 1976, he brought the song with him. And then the Rockies moved to New Jersey and the New Jersey Devils started using it. And then the Denver Nuggets and Denver Broncos, like everyone started using it after hmm. that point. Huh. I'm going to give my vote because I can't make it one minute past Rock and Roll Part 2. Okay, so you're going Kung Fu Fighting. It's at the M. I don't like either song. Okay. But it's with the success of Kung Fu Fighting that okay. it gets the win for All me. Right. Joel? Well, I got to go Rock and Roll Part 2. All oh, right. Shoot. Because that is the song I, I listen to. Kung Fu Fighting is fun. But it really is about that opening, and then as it drags on, you're like, okay, we He's get like, the point. Here comes the big boss, okay. But, the, I mean, I love the guitar riff on Kung Fu Fighting. <sighs> They're both good. But yeah, I'm going to vote for Rock and Roll okay. so that way to make it tough a, on Zach. Vote. The Zach vote. It counts this time. Goes to Kung Fu Fighting. Wow. <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, fair. Yeah. I get it. But Kung Fu Fighting goes on. Now it's You Light Up My Life versus In the Summertime. Oh, Debbie Boone versus Mungo Easy. Jerry. This is a weird Easy matchup. Easy for me. I think that You Light Up, Light Up My Life is a sleepy song. I think it's a sleepy... I, I don't like it as much as a lot of other people do. In the Summertime, though, that comes on. I, I'm chilling. I'm having yeah. a good time. Yeah. And it only took him 10 minutes to write. Yeah. Apparently. He was uh, took a break while he was working at Timex and decided to write the song. And it sold thirty over 30 million copies. Yeah. That's a fish. That's not even the shaggy version. Though does Okay. So are you what are you voting, Kent? No, I'm not. You're voting. No. No. You can't? I don't know. Just vote for the obvious winner here. Your heart's getting It's tough. It. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you why it's tough. On the billboard charts, you let out my life was a bigger hit here. But then in the summertime was bigger internationally and sold like crazy. Around it the sold world. like crazy. But Legacy, I think you let it my life has has a bigger one. Like Billboard ranks it as number seven of all time top songs. VH1, remember them? It's number eleven for one hit wonders. Why keep, keep going to that like VH1 did, well? Yeah, VH1 is like your your pick. What happened to MTV? Yeah, they, they did music first. They did, and then they stopped first. Is that what the M stands? Oh mercy, mercy TV. I'm gonna go with the fun song. I'm going in the summertime as well. I'm going in the summertime. All right, it's a sweep. Oh, it's difficult. Let's just. Why did you put that on me when you were gonna vote for it, Zach? Just put "You Light Up My Life" out in the boonies. If a daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If a daddy's poor, just do what you feel. Oh, now we have "Hooked on a Feeling" versus "The Hustle," a song versus a dance. Uh, by the way, Ugachaka. "Hooked on a Feeling" when it first came out in 1968 by B.J. Thomas didn't have the Ugachakas, and then in 1971, Jonathan King added the Ugachakas. And if you want to listen to that version, they don't sound quite right. Like there's something well, weird about it. It's like the song is the song is still there, but it's missing bass. It's like all treble. Yeah. No bass, but it's still the same exact song to the point where I feel like Blue Swede, who is only a cover band, by the way, they lasted for two years, 73 to 75, and they had two cover albums. They had many hits as well based on these covers, but it is a, a high quality version of that Uga Chugga song. Yeah. Because that's what it's called now. Like they hit it right. Now I will say that. Both number I, ones, by the way. I liked Hooked on a Feeling before it was cool because uh, back in my uh, elementary school days, we had the uh, Laytones lyrics and lace uh, <laughs> come over to our school and they'd sing different songs. These, these choir bands or, or bands, high school bands. Mm -hmm. And the guy's band 
saying hooked on a feeling and they'd start with like kind of an arsenio hall fist pump and be like ooga shaka ooga it was the 90s everybody girls would go nuts and i thought these guys were so cool these high school kids were so cool around stage i was in elementary i thought they were so cool i always wanted to be someday too were you in the late tones no i I, they ended up building another high school and i went to another oh yeah you did but uh, my brother was in it my sister was in the in the the lace group but the point being is i thought the song was so cool and i loved it back then so that when it became popular i was like finally this song is getting the recognition it needs i'm voting for hooked on a feeling zach I don't like the hustle. I don't like disco that much. But it belongs in the decade. It's it very, very 70s. Very of the decade. Yes. What was the performance again? Both number ones. Yep. Uh, Not going to make it easy on you. Uh, uh, by the way, Van McCoy had 11 studio albums, the one who did the hustle. Well, Van McCoy and, and he's an orchestra Soul conductor. How cool is that? I, the hustle is is it's just so grating to me to listen Do it, to Zach. Do when you're it. in when you're out dancing dance music as we know like you guys have listened to it you don't recognize the repetitive nature when you're just out there mm-hmm. dancing well, to it I even think with the hustle if you're doing the dance it's not going to be as fun it's more of a roller skating song like if yeah, this is on your roller skating yeah. you're having a good time I agree yeah that's great but I'm going to go hooked on a feeling yeah I, I would sweet. much rather listen to it absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, now we have Cats in the Cradle versus American Pie. Now, these are both interesting because both of these guys, I can't use one hit Wonder Police on this matchup because both these guys had other hits. They did. Uh, Harry Chapman had Taxi, W-O-L-D, and Sequel. Taxi, by the way, uh, got him a Grammy nomination and it got him uh, two nights in a row on The Tonight Show. Like, he went on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and he performed the song. People liked it so much he was asked to come back the next night and I don't know if he did it again, but... Why didn't they just DVR it? Oh, Zach. <laughs> What's DVR? You're so young. Uh, And then American Pie uh, by Don McLean. Don McLean also had Vincent. Starry, starry night. Paint the palette blue and gray. Yes. Well, and Crying, crying, which is number five. Since they don't have you, number 23. A lot of them were 80s hits as well, though. Mm -hmm. But he did hit the top 40 several times. So you're right, Joel. I mean, you can make either case. Yeah. Cats in the Cradle did earn Harry Chapin a Grammy, or it entered him into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we're talking about the iconic songs of each of these artists. I've, the songs they are known for. So, I've made, uh, I made me and my buddy made a, made a music video to American Pie. Uh, With those li- lyrics and yeah, used that song. It, was okay. a, it wasn't like a really good music video. I, we weren't that good. It was just us singing it. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of that memory associated with that. Whereas Cats in the Cradle, I mean, it hit me as a kid. And, you know, thinking about being a father. And now I am a father. And it hits me again. So... I have emotional responses to both ways. This isn't mm-hmm. an easy decision. Do either one of you have an easy pick? The only thing I'm leaning towards, because they're both number one hits and both sold about the same as well, which is surprising for an eight, eight and a half minute song, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. Cats in the Cradle does, and I haven't quite decided, Cats in the Cradle does feel like a like 70s singer-songwriter song, whereas American Pie could almost be in a decade for me. Yeah. Just despite its subject matter, which is very in the era. Yeah. But it is, it's a classic. It's like the Hotel California of this bracket. Oh, no. No. Did I upset you? <laughs> I, I would go Cats in the Cradle. I like this song better. I don't. I bashed on American Pie in the last round, and I stand by it. I don't want to listen to it. It's repetitive. I, I don't care about your Chevy and your Levy. It's so clever, though. But the Levy was dry. Over I, and over. The, the, he keeps going back to that well. It's clearly not dry. Exactly. I I agree. I like Cats in the Cradle probably more emotionally, but I'm voting for American Pie because it is so iconic. That song is one everyone knows. 
I knew you'd go for the epic. They're both epics. But like, this is such a long song. They're both long songs. Yeah, true. We'll get together soon, Zach. You know we'll have a good time then. <laughs> oh, boop, boop. Boop, boop. That's an emotional boop right there. You're getting rid of American pie? We sure are. You're getting it. rid of American pie. This yeah. will be the day that I die. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm going to go play catch with my dad <laughs> in, in a Ford. We're going to oh, drive. Man. Look, it's going to happen I'm eventually. Gonna, I'm going to drive a Ford to the fjord. There's so many notes I had for that. <laughs> oh, no. It's gone now. Yeah, death rattle facts you want to throw yeah. out there? <laughs> Nothing really major. It just, he at one point said he, he avoided direct questions about what the lyrics meant because there are some obscure lyrics in there mm-hmm. about the king and the jester and and he said they're beyond analysis, they're poetry. You know, I don't want people digging into it. But then in 2015, he auctioned off the original manuscript that had notes on it, and it went for $1.2 million. Wow. And then it did, in the notes, it did confirm, like, the king is Oh, Elvis. there was a meaning. Okay. The, the jester is Bob Dylan. It also talks about uh, the death of Meredith Hunter at Altamont, at the Altamont concert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So there, there, there's a lot to say, but I cannot believe you guys just voted that out. We sure did. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, Joel's yeah. mom. Just because you guys have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a busy man. You cried too. Yeah. I totally did. I like both of these, but I thought American Vibe was going to a lot further. When you're coming home, dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. There we go. Let's go forward to the next, which is Ooh Child versus Magic. So number eight versus number five. So O versus Ooh? <laughs> oh, 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 it's Ooh, Ooh Child. child. I don't know. This is tough. Because these songs are really trying to do very different things. I'm going to vote for Ooh Child. Yeah. That, that, I, I like magic. I like the positivity there, but there's something soothing about Ooh Child. And the five stair steps, the fact that they, they were, a, you know, a family group. I don't know. For some reason that it feels very 70s to me. Yeah. So I'm going with Ooh Child. And okay. I'm not going to be it more feels reason. 60s to me though. Ooh. Magic also, feels 80s, wow, which I'm going to go with. Down. I'm going to go with magic. I'll put it on. Oh, oh, oh. I think you was doing it. I know. Ooh. I know. Ooh. <laughs> I feel emotional when I hear "Ooh, child." It's, it's like the way it, it starts off. It, I know it feels ma- magical, honestly. But the build, it really only has a build, and there are three verses, and that is it. So you're getting after this one for being too short. When you got off the other no, one, no, it's being not too, too short. No, it's it's a very long song with the same build for each verse, and there's only three verses that mm. it just repeats. But it's such a beautiful song. But I get excited when I hear magic. And that's why I'm voting it forward. Because it's why? just good. When did the Zach votes turn to the Joel votes? Uh, yes. No. Yes. Oh, I felt bad for Zach. I matter. <laughs> <laughs> magic goes on. All right. Now it's Baker Street versus Afternoon Delight. Some sax solos. Guys, can or we what get rid of Afternoon Delight at some point? Uh, you can't vote for this round. Because for, for this round. This round. Uh, for this round, yes, okay. because Baker Street was one. I didn't know it by title. And even as the lyrics started, I didn't know it. The the chord, the, the saxophone solo hit, I was like, yeah. oh, I like this song. Then, then back, it gets a little moody. Then it, it went back to him singing again. I'm like, I don't care about this song. So it really was just those bits where it's Afternoon Delight as inappropriate as it may be. Billboard did list it as the 20th sexiest song. I mean, sexiest song of all time. Which one? Oh, which one do you think? <laughs> Afternoon. Hey, the one with the solo. Solos. Actually, that's true. The second greatest saxophone solo of all time. Yeah. Stand by that. By the way, uh, Jerry Rafferty was in Steeler's Wheels. Like stuck in the middle with you. 
and then he went on to do Baker Street. Going against logic, and I'm voting for Baker Street. Wow. You can't do that. I don't care. Did you see that Foo Fighters covered it? Baker Street? Is that why you're doing it? Yeah. I thought Yes, I am now. You're pushing Foo Fighters forward again. (laughs) Again. Um... Yeah, I have to go afternoon delight. Yeah, of course you do. I have to. Yeah, I gave it some real thought. Skyrockets in flight. Afternoon delight. All right, now we have play that funky music versus stuck in the middle with you. So number one versus number six. Ooh, these are good. These are good songs to go. I said with. in the first show, play that funky music is an annoying song. Can be. I don't like the riff at all. Really, I don't think it's fun. Hey! Yeah. And because I feel like stuck in the middle with you doesn't feel like a one hit wonder. It doesn't have the kitsch. It doesn't have the tacky factor, which I know can work against it in this bracket. It can. But it's a quality song. And so it drives me less crazy. So it's going to be my vote because I want to vote first and just get it out of the way. Okay. I get you. Which one did you vote for? Uh, Stuck in the middle with you. Hmm, I'm gonna have to vote for play the funky music. Not not to contradict you, but because I, I think that Stuck in the Middle with You is the better song. Right. But when I think one hit wonders, play the funky music by Wild That's a good point. Yeah. That really feels one hit wonderish to me. And may I call for the performance numbers, please? That's a number one versus a number six. Which one was number one? Play that funky music. Ooh. Yeah. yeah that tips it a little bit. And also for me. Uh, Vanilla Ice did play that funky music. That actually was his A side. Mm-hmm. His A side was play, uh, a cover of Play That Funky Music, and he didn't give the original writer credit. Yeah. Ice, Ice which, baby. To which he sued after that. Yeah. Uh, it won $500,000. Which, that seems to be Vanilla Ice's MO. He's like, no, it's not Queen's song. Yeah. It's my song. Uh, but the B-side was Ice Ice Baby that became his, Vanilla Ice's huge hit. Not that that's that crazy to do with yeah. it, but I'm, I'm putting Play That Funky Music simply because, yeah, One Hit Wonder. Yeah, it really does fit that kind of kitschy One Hit Wonder bill. And Even I'm though Stuck go, in the Middle is so good. Yeah, it, Stuck in the Middle, if I'm going to listen to the, uh, you know, them would, for enjoyment, probably would Stuck would Stuck in the Middle with you be as popular if it hadn't been for Reservoir Dogs? It was, it, I, that's my argument. I think it is made by Reservoir Dogs, not by its time in the 70s. But I can't, there's literally no way to actually know. I'm just going to vote, play that funky music, and move on. Good call. Now, the last matchup of this round... Please, no. ...is Knock on Wood versus Spirit in the Sky. We'd like to thank our patrons. <laughs> no. <laughs> Starting with I Am Listener category. I will go first and say Spirit in the Sky. Oh. I, I enjoy Knock on Wood. But it wasn't one I knew until later in my life. Like, it kind of didn't come around in my childhood. It was more as when I was adult when that song came out, where Spirit in the Sky... I mean, you think of uh, Apollo 13, that scene where he uses it in the... Spins it around. Spins the the tape deck around. Yeah, you hear that. And then just, it's such an amazing song that starts out with that amazing kind of... It's actually a a Fender Telecaster guitar with a fuzz box built into the body. It is such... That is 70s. Such a good sound. And it starts off with that amazing riff, and then the the tambourines come in, and the clapping comes in, and you're feeling... But you're forgetting every single second of Knock on Wood. Every single second is exciting. It's like thunder. It's like lightning. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy both these songs. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying what is more 70s one hit wonder. This might be the hardest matchup so far. This is, this is crazy. It's you are so sure. I'm so I'm I'm not so sure. It's Zach just that just, I wanted to get it first. This is a final four matchup right here. It, it but is. it's not. No. Zach, what's your vote? I think I'm going to have to go spirit in the sky too. I'm begrudgingly going to have to agree. I, it's it's so close. I, I actually really like Knock on Wood more, but because Amy, Amy E. Stewart <laughs> Amy is e. a cover artist. Granted, there's nothing wrong yeah. with being a cover artist and making a song a little bit better, but her two major hits are popular covers. 
what Norman Greenbaum did was create a whole new sound on a whim. Yeah, about a subject oh, this he knew little about. Hurts my heart. It does yeah? I expected Knock on Wood to go Final Four. Spirit in the Sky moves on. All right, now we move into the Elite Eight, and it is getting intense over here in the Bacon Cave. Intense and sad. Yeah, yeah. We're mourning, but we're just moving through this. Kung Fu fighting versus In the Summertime. Mm. Rumple teaser. In the Summertime is so chill and so fun. Kung it's Fu like the, gets you pumped up. In the Summertime is a bluesy version of a mumblecore song. You don't even know <laughs> half of what he's saying. Yeah. Right? La da 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 dee. That's why you're like, in the wartime, probably something happens. But you can't deny it's performance. The performance is great. These are actually two of the biggest singles of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Granted, one sold 30 million somehow. Cilantro, obviously. And the other one was 11 million. <laughs> also cilantro. <laughs> I am going to go. So it's like, but disco, super 70s. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the chill vibe is that 70s as well. Yeah. Okay. I, I, is it like an easy rider sort of feel? Is that what you're going with? Like I'm going with un, without the random motorcycle sound in the middle of it, which is in the summertime. I'm going with Kung Fu Fighting because there's no motorcycle in it. It's not really my reasoning. Why but do you hate motorcycles, Joel? It's, it's a random motorcycle and like the song stops and it starts again in the middle. It's a little weird. No, I when I think of 70s one-hit wonders, Kung Fu Fighting was one of the first ones that came to mind. Exactly. In the summertime is a chill song I think you can listen to whenever it's a little more timeless. Which is weird to, to knock it down for that. But yeah, I'm going with Kung Fu Fighting. So am I. Okay. I actually think this is pretty similar to the play that funky music and stuck in the middle for me. It's like this Kung Fu What's Fighting. What's one of the first songs that comes to your head? Kung Fu Fighting Absolutely. Is, is a kitschy one-hit wonder. And mm-hmm. so, yep, it moves on. Wow. <laughs> we just took out one of the highest selling singles of all time. Yep. C- cilantro. Hooked on a feeling versus cats in the cradle is up next. Zach, I, I have a favor to ask. Oh, no. Um, I just dropped in our official chat okay. uh, the band okay. members of Blue Swede. I was wondering if you, no. could, just, if you could just read to the <laughs> no. listener. Yes, thank you no. for this. Just, I, I think we need, to, we need to explain who these bands are. So if you could just read the names of this Swedish band to the listener, please. Okay. Just, just read it as yeah, is verbatim. Zach, yes, yes. When you're ready. The band consisted of Anders Berglund on piano. <laughs> yeah. Björn Skiefs, uh lead vocals. <laughs> Bossy Lindendurl uh, on the bass. He, oh, no. Hinke Estube. No, Ekestube. Make sure to get it right. Amam Shabbat, Amam Shabbat. And Jan Gulbach. Probably Jan, but yeah, let's go. Jan. And Michael Arklu. And Tommy Berglund on the trumpet. What is this, Arcade Fire? How many <laughs> band members do they have? A lot of band members. <laughs> yeah. painful for yeah. Zach. There's a piano player, lead vocal, bass, saxophone, drums, guitar, and trumpet. Oh, Cats in the Cradle is emotional. Uh, hooked on a Feeling is Hooked awesome. on a Feeling. Remember the dancing baby. Yeah, from the Ali, dancing Ali, baby. Ali, the first meme That was a meme, but that was in the 90s. Yeah, wasn't that the worst? I kind of liked it. <laughs> How did you like Ooga, it? Ooga, Ooga. The weird that baby, was, baby that, that haunted hilarious. my nightmares for years. That was hilarious. By the way, Joel just did the dance and it I was did. adorable. Ooga, shaga, Wearing Ooga, a diaper too, Ooga. which is so, weird. Uh, again, we talked about Stuck in the Middle being made by Reservoir Dogs. Is this song made by Ally McBeal and further boosted by 100%. Guardians? Yeah, But the problem is I have the 
outset association just being in my life of seeing this song with the choir coming over and performing it at my school repeatedly. So Cats in the Cradle does have more success as far as sales go. They're both number one, but Cats in the Cradle has sold 2.5 million copies. And <sighs> Hooked on a Feeling is a cover. Cats in the Cradle is... Cats in the Crater. Cats that's in the Crater. That's a sequel. On the Moon. Cats in the Cradle is an original. Man on but the Moon. Harry Chapman had other hits. Blue Swede, uh, not in the U.S. I'm putting my vote out there, and it's strictly emotional. I had so much fun singing Hooked on a Feeling with you guys. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. But I, Zach, but your, you your point. You feel something. Your point about would the song be popular without the media? Yeah. Which also helps the legacy, too, though. Sure. It is. That's, that's presence. It is, it's presence. But I'm going to give it to Cats in the Cradle. Because I want to vote first and get it out of the way. The presence of Hooked on a Feeling doesn't necessarily come from the 70s. Cats in the Cradle has been making fathers question their choices since it came out. <laughs> but also, Harry Chapman had other hits. Blue Suede didn't. Man, one hit one Dave made it on the bracket. They're here. So wait, so are you voting, Zach? Not necessarily. Hooked on a Feeling is one of the most fun songs on this entire it bracket. It is one of the best songs on this playlist. It's a blast. But so would be singing Tub Thumping, right? I mean, there are fun songs out and there. You mean, would wonders, wonders, right? Yeah. It should have But it didn't win. It should have. You guys got it wrong. So many this drinks. is a bacon cell. So many drinks <laughs> we to don't drink. Get it wrong. I'm feeling like if I'm, if I'm going to choose to a 70s one-hit wonder, I don't want to cry. And so I'm voting for Hooked on a Feeling. Okay. I want to dance. Are you also gaming against the other selections in this, on this side of the bracket? I don't have the bracket up in front of me, so I actually okay. don't know what's going to go. It, it would be a weird matchup either way. <sighs> I, I think I'm looking at Harry Chapman's success, which, by the way, Taxi was a weird song. It was a fine song, but mm-hmm. it's a weird song. He likes to tell these long He has won a congressional gold medal as well. He has. And, and Harry Chapman did say that his song, his song the uh, Cats in the Cradle, he says, frankly, this song scares me to death. And I get that. I get that. I don't want to be scared to death. Oh, they both have hits, though. Because the Blue Swede also covered the associations Never My Love and I'm Alive. Did that number seven in the U.S.? And number 61 in the in U.S. In the U.S.? Yes. Okay, so they're equitable. So, Joel, you're officially going with Hooked on a Feeling. Yep. Putting it to me. Because I had I liked the song before it was cool. I still like it. I didn't. I didn't like the song before it was cool. Everybody, I think, liked Cats in the Cradle equally over its entire lifetime. I'm going to call that a better legacy and give it to Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to make me cry? He walked away, but his smile never dipped and said, I'm going to be like him. Yeah, you know I'm going to be like him. <laughs> okay, Cats in the Cradle goes on, and that is a real dumb matchup for the next round. I love how we all get delirious. Because <laughs> we made a choice. Oh, my gosh. We are terrified. But here we go. Magic versus Afternoon Delight. Magic. I want Afternoon Delight to stop making it this far. <laughs> It's a more memorable song, it's, sure. It's the Cinderella But personal story. preference, I don't want it to go this far. It's what? a joke song. It, this is a straight-up joke song. Yeah. I'm actually... I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm going to vote Magic. Make it easy on Joel. And I know it's weird because Magic is like the hipster pick of this whole bracket. Something that people probably don't even know listening right now. It's a good song, though. It is a good song. Okay. Well, can I give some Death Rattle facts for Afternoon Delight? Sure. Uh, just so you know, uh, the Starland... The title came from a happy hour menu at Clyde's restaurant in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. The, the, Bill Danoff, one of the members of Starlight Vocal Band, he wrote it when his, his wife was undergoing surgery. They, they actually started, uh, Bill Danoff and his wife started as uh, Fat City was their name, and they helped co-write uh, Take Me Home Country Roads. Really? Okay. Yeah. 
by the way, they also had a variety show, ran for six weeks. <laughs> uh, 1977. David Letterman was a writer on it, though. So, And after, so they try to have more hits after this one, obviously, and it didn't end up happening. No. And then I think they got divorced like soon after. So yeah. everything kind of fell apart for them, which is sad. Yeah. But yeah. Afternoon Delights went very far in this bracket and maybe didn't deserve it. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's got some really good harmonies. Maybe it's built really up by harmonies. Anchorman and it's and Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Yeah. And Arrested Development. Probably so. It probably. And again, we're kind of coming into that that argument of the media that revived it, you know, which isn't a bad thing. So that means that someone somewhere it's remembered true. it. True. True. But magic goes on. And now we have Play That Funky Music versus Spirit in the Sky. So number one versus the number three. Though once again, Spirit in the Sky did very well internationally. Top five hit in many countries. Uh, by the way, the name Wild Cherry was taken from a box of cough drops. That's where they got the name. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And they got the name for this, the idea for the song when they were brainstorming new song ideas and this random fan shouted, are you white boys going to play some funky music? And so he grabbed a pen from the bartender and or wrote it down the lyrics, started writing the lyrics on a drink pad. Oh, nice. I mean, the lyrics aren't deep, but still, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Who decided that cherry is wild? When did the, when did the cherry get so wild? <laughs> the 70s? <laughs> I'm just when, wild. It's always wild. They, they, they fertilized, cilantro. They, yeah, they fertilized the ground with cilantro. <laughs> So I found this out about Norman Greenbaum. Uh, Obviously, like we talked about how he wrote this song. In the first year the song was out, it sold 2 million copies. So just smash success. Uh, I'm voting first. Okay. Spirit in the Sky. I cannot abide to how play that funky music go forward. Except for I was actually looking at these two, Kent. I hate that we keep doing this because people are going to think it's intentional that I'm I'm going opposite you. Okay. Okay. Just to go opposite you. It's not true, though. This time I was like, I like both these songs so much. So I went with peak position. And play the funk music has the number one. Position. It does have number one versus Spirit number three. Number three. That's close. But legacy. But it edged it edged it out. Legacy. You're taking Spirit in the Sky. Or you're taking. I'm taking play, play the, the funk music. music. Okay. You're, As a '70s one-hit wonder, yes. And if we're going legacy, Rolling Stone did. Like uh, okay, yes. honestly, if you if you were to talk to someone about '70s music and you say play the funky music, and they'd be like. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Play that funky music. They know it immediately. If you said Spirit in the Sky, people would be like, what's that one? And you're like, they're like, oh, yeah. The you mean one of the most popular funeral songs out there. What? Spirit in the Sky. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've heard play that funky music at a few funerals, <laughs> too. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so it comes back to me again. The good song versus the bad song, Zach. The 70s one hit Wonder. Yeah, both of them. The 70s were a heck of a time. Says the 90s kid. <laughs> I had a lot of cilantro back then. Uh, I mean, we literally just did a classic rock bracket earlier this year. And this song is about as classic rock as you can get on this bracket. But listen to the funky music. I play that funky music. That One is, of the most tacky disco funk. songs out there. Funk it's and disco. disco. It's more funk than yeah. disco, I think. Hey! No. I'm going to go with play that funky no! music. No! Oh, you just killed a darling. I They're know. both good, though. I know. They're both good. I know. And I will. My heart is it. not in this bracket anymore. Uh, yeah. We can, I could knock on wood for you, Zach. Oh. <laughs> okay. Just, just, just keep going. 
Okay. Our final four matchup. I'll just go through them all. Our worst final four ever in the history of brackets. Come on. I don't even care. Oh, be quiet. (laughs) Kung Fu Fighting versus Cats in the Cradle. (laughs) (laughs) They're polar opposites. And Magic versus Play That Funky Music. Oh, wow. Okay. Which one are we going with first? Kung Fu Fighting versus Cats in the Cradle. I <laughs> so stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> it is so dumb because it should not be stressful, but it's stressing me out. I am going to go with Kung Fu Fighting. Of course you are. Cats in the Cradle. I, I shouldn't. I, I think the other, I think it would have been a better contender if uh, what's it had gone on the one that I wanted to go on on Cats in the Cradle. Done a feeling. Yeah, I think that would have been a better matchup. So I feel like Kung Fu Fighting has the edge because it is 1970s. It's the uh, the the chopsaki film craze of the time. It's got the 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 disco guitar riff. It's got the catchy lyrics. What catchy lyrics? Everybody was kung fu fighting. That's it though. Like those no, cats were no, fast. No as depth lightning. to it, right? There's depth in a story. We're not going for the most deep songs bracket. This is a '70s one hit wonder hey, bracket. Listen, you love American Pie, right? Yeah. The lyrics and the story it tells. I think American Pie should have gone on. You guys voted that out as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's out. But now we have Cats in the Cradle. So to apparently, represent. you guys don't want depth. I do now. Oh because no, I'm going, I just think, I just think American Pie sucks. I'm going Cats in the Cradle, not the movie, I, the song. Again, to me, both number ones. You're the tiebreaker, Zach. So it's disco versus folk rock. I'm gonna make you guys wait while I pull them up. Do I was. I just, I just I got a little sample, a little flavor. Hey, remember what songs. I said about Zach votes being like useless? Uh-huh. Obviously, we're putting all the pressure on you yeah, in these final thanks, rounds. Thanks so thank that. you for taking that on. Kung Fu Fighting is, is such a silly song. Very silly. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. Mm-hmm. Cats in the Cradle is one of the more meaningful songs in pop culture. Kung Fu Fighting eventually went on to sell 11 million records worldwide, making it one of the best-selling singles of all time. It's in the top 25 Best-selling singles of all time, just below Cher's song, Believe. Didn't we cut out that one that won 30 million? Yeah, you did. The one that sold 30 million? I'm pretty sure you did. Whereas Cats in the Cradle was nominated for Grammy and also made it into the Grammy Hall of Fame. The song for the bracket to make into the Grammy Hall of Fame. I think... but. Legacy. I meant straight up legacy. I think on legacy, I have to go Cats in the Cradle. No! Oh my yeah. goodness! I... Yeah. <laughs> really? So Kung Fu yeah. Fighting popularized <laughs> disco music, Zach. It was an afterthought. It was done in two takes in the last ten minutes of studio time when they were recording I Want to Give You My Everything. Zach's a wild card. <laughs> I, think, I think Cats in the Cradle. Oh Why? <laughs> I'm gonna kung fu fight you in the face. Who is this guy? I don't know. I don't know. Who are you? I don't know. We're moving on. <laughs> Daddy issues wins the day. <laughs> okay, magic versus play that funky music. Play that funky music. I don't think after. I, I, oh, excuse me. I don't think magic should have gone this far. It is. It's the dark horse here. It's the one that doesn't belong. Play that funky music is definitely one that belongs in the '70s one wonder bracket. Ken's trying to kill it because it, it took out Spirit in the Sky. Oh, play that funky music? Yeah. Yeah, I really don't like the song. But based on Joel's reasoning, and I want to give him kind of a stress break as well, like I would actually feel like if we put Pilot with Magic through, it would be kind of wrong for the final two. You know what's so funny about almost every single Bacon Cell bracket? We stress and stress and stress, mm-hmm. but there's always like one or two matchups right at the end that are super easy. Yeah. So and I think this one is one of this them. one is easy. Yeah. Let's play that play funky that music. music. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we still love you. <laughs> In what may be the strangest <laughs> final of any Big <laughs> Music song bracket, we have 
Cats in the Cradle <laughs> versus Play That Funky Music. I, when we put Cats in the Cradle on this list, I was like, that's, I love it. It's adorable, right? Yeah. Because it's the type of song that is just adorable. But to see it go this far is shocking. Yeah. But oh, it, like I know. it's lovable. Oh, I know. Listen, Kung Fu Fighting. But Kung can you imagine if the final two would have been Kung Fu Fighting versus Play That Funky Music? Those are now, kind of the same song. But that's what I'm saying. That's a matchup. Equal. No, it's the same this, song. This is They're like kind of this is apples and oranges. So we have singer songwriter versus funk. Play the funky music, by the way. Certified platinum for shipments of over two million records, and they eventually sold two point five million records in the United States alone. And same with Cats in the Cradle, two point five million. What? Dang it! Both, both number one hits. I mean, this one is this is equal. This is just which one. I mean, if we want to go enjoyment factor, one is more uppity. One yes. is more emotional. There's there right. there is that emotional side of the seventies and the which one are you going to listen to all the way 70s. through? I don't know. So that's the thing: is Cats in the Cradle is an investment. Play that funky music is repetitive, and so it is both songs. I would say we didn't get the most fun songs on the bracket in the final two. I don't think we did. I think play the funky music is very fun, very fun, very fun. The entire what four and a half minutes of this? It's fun. With the it's the same thing, funky. It's, it puts the fun in funky. Yes. That's what my shirt says. <laughs> Just because it's the horse I'm riding in on, I do have to go cats in the cradle. And because Joel's going to disagree with me. Yeah, I am. Uh, Zach, you're agreeing. You're, uh, you're the tiebreaker again. So you have funk, right? When did funk come about in being? When was it most popular? Probably the 70s, right? Yeah. What, what would you categorize cats in the cradle as? Singer songwriter. Singer songwriter, adult contemporary, which is a genre that. Soft rock still continues today mm -hmm. there are absolutely still these kinds of songs today yes now i don't know that you you wouldn't say cats in the cradle is going to come out now would there be a ballad like do they do ballads like that now like these stories sure yeah, probably form. yeah that seems, seems very 70s it does they're both very 70s you know oop hit them up style was the 90s <laughs> sure <laughs> you're beaming yeah. <laughs> cats in the cradle was written by uh harry's wife harry chapman's wife um so he kind of based it on that so it's kind of has a fan it's a very family connected one I, I love the message of cats in the cradle and i like that both of these artists wrote their songs these aren't written by anyone else they're not covers and i think in that way the two two very rightful people made it to the final two yeah and by people i mean wild cherry and harry chapin <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing this is just these are so on the opposite ends of completely this, of this bracket of what they are. They both have staying power for completely different reasons. True. Using some of the same arguments I used in the previous round. I'm going with cats in the cradle. <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? Have some fun in your life, guys. And the cats in the cradle and the smoke. Little When you're coming home, son, I don't Get out of your dark clouds and enjoy <laughs> dancing. <laughs> I can't see a single 70s dancer when I listen to Cats in the Cradle. Not a single one. I see no bell bottoms. I see no disco lights. I see no disco balls. You knocked out classic rock, Joel. You knocked out I classic kept rock. Funk. Wow. I don't like funk. I don't like disco. Wow. Why do we let the 90s kid pick this? <laughs> Dis I don't even care, but I love this. <laughs> Disagree. Oh, mercy. I cannot wait for the feedback. Oh, I'm going to get destroyed on Twitter for the by the three people that know these songs. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So let us know if you agree, <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter. We want to see your brackets. And if you don't know what you're doing on the bracket, give it to your parents. Yeah, <laughs> and let them do it. And then post their bracket on Vegas yep. L on, on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages because we are there. We are listening. We are watching. We enjoy hearing back from you. And let us know if you agree with the choices we made. Or, I mean, so fun. in the past, a lot of times they've said, hey, I hated every decision you made, but you ended on the right winner. Right. Did we do it again? We'll see. I guess we'll see. Probably not. Hey, have some confidence in that vote. <laughs> wow. I already regret it. But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, which include the I Am The Listener tier, which has Shannon West, Sean Sanquist, Scott Sprague, Rocky and Steph, Sir and Madam Hicks, Lady Terry Finley, Jennifer Kilkowski, Glocklin Daniel, Chris Trout, Braden Winterton, Babs, Bacon Council member Moana B. Kyler, Allison Gall, Alicia Bass, and Adam and Rachel Crump. We also want to give some love to our Bacon Council, which includes Stephen Ross, Ryan and Marley Farron, our favorite couple of the Madsons, Nicole Postal Elf number 29 Hale, Mats, Chris Anderson, Harrell Hannes Jessica Terry, Beaker, and Reverse Listener. Thank you, patrons. Even if we didn't say your name, we appreciate you so much. You rock. Yes, thank you. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform Saturday nights at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. If you want to connect with me on social media and you liked my opinions, it's at Tumbling Mustard. If you didn't, it's at 786 Joel. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale on social media. Like that Facebook page and go by at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash bacon sale. Get yourself some merch. And then if you like the show, like what's going on here, you can go ahead and support us further at patreon.com slash bacon sale, where support starts at just $3 a month. Mm -hmm. This week, we uh, talked a lot about uh, basically... It was Halloween. It was Halloween. Sure. Or we Halloween did recap. Halloween yeah. uh, patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time... We, oh, hold on. I just got a text from my boy. He says, when are you coming home, Dad? I, I got to go, guys. And the cat's in a great The 70s was big time for herbs. Bacon sale is an argument of convenience. Yeah, come on, you contemporary adult. Man, those 70s insults. He was <laughs> on some cilantro at the time. For sure. Oh, let's let that be code. <laughs> You're welcome, he says. I kind of, sometimes I, I do chest moves and I look ahead. Love me some Pat Boone. You just told that story so you could say me and my wife. Yeah. I know how you are. You get one sometime. But I love that. <laughs> pretty great. I actually, <laughs> to be real. <laughs> to be real. That's the voice. Thank That's you, it. Zach. That's Thank it. you. Thank you, Zach, for being the voice of Sherilyn. Were those words? How about we just have a moment and you do the hustle? It's, it's, a, it's an audio podcast. Yep. <laughs> I'm dancing right now, everybody. Everybody listening, I'm dancing. Do it. Do it. But we'll get together then, son or dad. I love music that makes me question my life. We're Is Zach playing the, the toilet brush? <laughs> That's my secret. Audio only. It's in the creedle. If I hear about that stinking Chevy and that dumb levy one more time. Zach, try voting on the right side one time. <laughs> my, 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 my. Woo! Panda lamp's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you curse me over panda lamps? I'm trying to, I'm overthinking it, guys. Oh, stop it, Joel. Joel to the left of me. Zach's to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you too. Why didn't OJ move to write a song about what you did? We call them Zach votes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, that's right up there with uh, condescending. 
<laughs> I'm the worst friend. But then I said stuck in the middle of you two, and I loved it. Yeah, I'm not allowed to no. vote. You are allowed to vote just at the end when you lose. Good. When did the Zach votes turn to the Joel votes? <laughs> no. Yes. Oh. I felt bad for Zach. I matter. Anders Berglund, Björn Skiffs, Bosse Lindendurl, Hinke Estube. No, Estube. Why do you want to make me cry? I could knock on wood for you, Zach. I'm going to kung fu fight you in the face. Who is this guy? I don't know. Daddy issues wins the day. <laughs> it would be really weird if, like, the song I chose as my intro ends up winning, though. Oh, yeah. Like, that's people, true. people think it's fixed. Like, I knew beforehand. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> what was that? Whoa. Just warm up the voice. Did you sit down, something sharp. Whoa. Whoa, Blossom. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa.